Let's, uh, if you've got your Bible, would you open please to Psalm 9 and prelude to hearing some testimonies of what God has done in our body. We're going to see the, some of the scriptural relevance to this, so I'm going to ask Sarah if you'll come and read Psalm 9, at least the first 11 verses. All right. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and exult in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. When my enemies turn back, they stumble and perish before your presence. For you have maintained my just cause. You have sat on the throne giving righteous judgment. You have rebuked the nations. You have made the wicked perish. You have blotted out their name forever and ever. The enemy came to an end in everlasting ruins. Their cities you rooted out. The very memory of them has perished. But the Lord sits enthroned forever. He has established his throne for justice, and he judges the world with righteousness. He judges the peoples with uprightness. The Lord is a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Sing praises to the Lord who sits enthroned in Zion. Tell among the peoples his deeds. Amen. Tell among the people his deeds. We're going to do that this morning. Um, several people responded to my request. If you've seen God work and operate in your life, um, and we just want to just want to tell about it. And so, um, you know, we we all know um, none of us are professional speakers. I'm not a professional speaker. I'm a pastor who speaks a lot, but I'm not. And so we 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 understand. We're just people. We're just sharing what God has done. So I'm going to ask as as we uh, listen and give grace to hear and then to be challenged and to be inspired that our God's alive. So anyway, Lisa, can I ask you to come up first? She's like, oh no, not me first. I really feel like God's going to use this. So. Um, Lisa Liguri is uh, going to share with us this morning about what God's done in her world. Um, okay. So I'm going to talk about how God um, touched me in China. Um, I went to China to work with Leah, and um, while I was there, I felt the Holy Spirit really strongly upon me, and um, he really touched me and... Um, gave me a heart for the Chinese people and the children in the home. And um, there was this one day in particular where the Holy Spirit really fell upon me, and um, I just wept and um, just gave everything over to God, all forgiveness and asked for forgiveness and forgave people and um, just laid it all out and... um, just really wept. And um, the whole time in China, I wept. I wept for the people. I wept for the country. I wept for the children. Um, and I could just feel how strong God's presence is there. And the work that he's doing there is so glorious. It's so amazing. Um, and it's so much needed. And there's so much more to be done and, um, you know, I was given a word while I was there that, um, you know, God was turning my heart towards China and that um, he was going to use me there and that when I came back here to the States, it would all unfold and it has been unfolding. 
um, bit by bit, bit, piece by piece every day. Um, I just have this hunger for God. I, I seek him every day and, um, I can't get enough and I just want more of God. And I just want, um, everybody to know that if you don't have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, I mean, really living inside of you, like, you're never going to know what God's will is for your life. You're never going to understand God's plan. You're never going to know the true thoughts and intentions of God. You have to seek God fully. Um, he is there. You can hear his voice. I hear his voice daily. Today he told me, study the armor of God. Intently study the armor of God because this is how I'm going to be used This is how I'm going to fight against the enemy because the enemy is going to come against me strong. He's coming for me because my work that God, the assignment God has put on my life is big. And I need to make sure I'm studying that armor of God. And you need to make sure you're studying that armor of God so that God can use you too. It's time for us as Christians to rise up and and do more so that people can see God living inside of us so God so people know who God is and who we are because he, people aren't going to see that if we're not stepping out in faith every day if we're not doing more and even if it's, if it's just in your community or in your home wherever it is just seek God step out in faith and do more and that's really all I can say. <laughs> Thank you. I've seen the Lord. Yeah. Praise the Lord. I think about how the Lord has used you guys and really moved in your, you and Rob's life the last year or two. It's been really amazing to see and watch. Praise the Lord. Fred, you're here somewhere. Could Fred, could you come and share, please? <laughs> <laughs> Connie and I have four daughters. I guess a lot of you guys know that. The first one, they're Joy Mark, Joe, and Sally. Joy, Joy Grace, Joe, and Sally. Joy went to school in Indiana, and she linked up with a guy down in Florida. Boy, there are a lot of motorcycle trips. That's a long distance. <laughs> but, you know, as a father, I wonder what kind of a critter these girls are going to bring home and link up with for life. <laughs> you know, if you've got if you've got kids, you got the same problem. But you've got one or two. I had three or four. <laughs> you know. But let me tell you about the first one. Uh, <clears throat> Joy married Mark. They've had they had five kids. Mark earlier had gone to a mission trip to Costa Rica, and his heart went out to those kids. So they adopted three more. She homeschooled them all. One of them, one of those kids now has graduated from Georgia Tech with a degree as a civil engineer. That's number one. Number two, Grace married a local evangelical associate pastor, five kids, one of whom has gone to the mission field and is back. They had five kids, as I said. Then there's Jill, number three. 
she married Johnny. Johnny started his own business selling radios and things, and a while, a few years ago, he sold that and has been living off the proceeds. But Johnny wrote a book on convincing agnostics and atheists that Christianity makes a lot of sense. And it's a it's a 350-page book, very scholarly and so on. Johnny's a guy who uh, just about every day in the past has gone over to Starbucks and sat down at a table and put a card out there and said, if you want to pray, I'm here. I'm willing to pray with you. You know, that's number three. Number four is Sally. She married Phil, um, contractor, small businessman. They're out of building. He built his own house. And it was a, it's a big house. And as the end days drew near, he had all kinds of difficulties, times to meet, deadlines to meet, and all this kind of complex. And his stepfather came down with a terminal illness. And his stepfather only wanted to see Phil, the only person. So Phil shoved aside all those obligations he had, and he went and he ministered to his stepfather, not his father, but his stepfather, and I think probably led him to the Lord. So those are the four son-in-laws I have. Am I blessed? Yeah. Daniel, are you here? Can you come share? Um, hi there. Uh, for any of you who don't know me, I'm Daniel Thompson. Um, the Lord has truly worked powerfully in my life. Um, at about age 14, I started to present signs of bipolar disorder uh, severe anxiety, a whole boatload of crazy issues, basically. And I was told from about that age on, I would never be able to work in my life, hold a job. Um, I would have to be on disability. It was the only way I would ever get through life. Um, at age 14, I found what at the time I thought was the solution to all these head issues being drugs and alcohol. Um, I fell face first into just hedonism, absolute hedonism. Um, at age 18, I met my ex-fiance, a practicing witch, and fell into very, very dark spiritual paths that took me to places I never wanted to go. And then at age 22... Just walking around my neighborhood with one of my best friends that was not at the time a believer, funny enough. We just started talking about God out of nowhere. Like, we were doing silly shenanigans and out of somewhere just God came up. And this non-believer, but who had a lot of spiritual knowledge from the past, just broke down to me what God's love was. And it shattered my world in the best way possible. Um, for the first time in my life, I truly realized I was loved, was worthy of love, and was even lovable. Um, 
it it has definitely been an ongoing struggle with a lot of these issues. I mean, I'm, I still have my crazy days, and I mean, drugs and alcohol don't let go easy. But after renouncing all ties to witchcraft, all ties to anything of darkness, and truly turning my life over to Christ, everything is different. Just, I, as we say, knowing Jesus changes everything. Um, in the last about eight months, I have been completely just delivered from my addictions. Completely. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um just it it has truly rocked my world in a most amazing way. I just it's not even that I'm simply resisting. I just don't even have the desire. God has taken that from me and I praise him for it. Um and now, I mean, I I've been told from about age 16 on playing kind of therapist for all my best friends that I should become a counselor of some sort. So combine that with the fact that loving and sharing the love of Jesus is the only thing that I've ever really found purpose or fulfillment in in my life. I am now uh, working towards getting through a program to become a Christian counselor. So right. thank you very much. And... God bless, guys. Thanks, God. Thanks, Daniel. Christine, you here? Oh, she's taking a deep breath. You're good. It's all good. Should I put this down? Thank you, Daniel. Isn't God good? Well, first of all, Tim, it said tell of all the goodness of God. So we've got a long time, right? (laughs) Actually, to all of these stories, there are so many layers. And um, there's several layers to my story, too, but I'm going to hone it down for Tim's sake and time's sake. (laughs) Um, So once upon a time, there's a little girl who grew up in Kissimmee, Florida, Fast forward 40 years, and I was being called to move. My husband's job has cha- had changed, and they'd moved locations, and so I had to move from the same church I'd been in for 40 years, and I was pretty devastated. And um, it was really difficult. I mean, when they put the for sale sign in my yard, um, they all left, and I went and took it and put it back in the garage because I wasn't ready for this. I wasn't ready to move. I wasn't ready for God to rock my world in that way. So... A friend of mine asked me to her um, to her church for their um, women's retreat, and I wasn't really excited about going, although I love retreats, but I was just so heartbroken and, and felt heavy laden. But I went reluctantly and just kind of sat and listened and was kind of judgmental as I was listening, and um, all of a sudden it occurred to me that the whole retreat, well, this was the um, the verse. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Under his wings, you will find refuge. And um, the whole retreat was about moving. He took me out of my church to another church with a bunch of people I didn't know and on a retreat about moving. And it was about um, 
it was Ruth's story and Naomi and, and how they moved from one place to another. It was just precious. And so that was God's first gift to me because I believe God is a very personal God. Psalm 139 is my favorite chapter in the Bible because it talks about how personal he is. So he saw me where I was and he took me someplace and then he moved me to um, a different place where I didn't know anyone in this, in the um, area code or zip code. And I was very scared. But it was a wonderful move, and it was a God move all the way. That was gift number one. Um, then this is my journal. Oh, this is my journal, and this is the um, the table thing or whatever that they had there. <laughs> and I have carried it with me. I carried it with me from the house from which I moved in Kissimmee to the house in Mount Dora to the house in Sorrento, and I've brought it up here with me to Virginia because it's kind of like a, a memory stone for me, as is my journal. So, um, I was reading my journal 15 years later and got another gift, a precious gift. At that retreat, I had prayed that God would, um, it was kind of a random thought in the midst of the, um, thing. It was just a prayer. I said, Lord, I laid down my, um, fear of someone in my family dying early. Now I had a reason to have that fear because my son, William, who you know, was born with cancer. And, um, he had to have major surgery at three years old and we fought a long battle for five years. He is cancer free. Um, but I had that fear in me that someone in my life would be taken from me early. And at that retreat, I laid down that fear and I didn't even know I did. I had completely forgotten about it. So 15 years later, I go and I find my journal and I read that and I realize the power behind it because I don't know how many years later from that point, I guess it was, I don't know, several years later, my husband died. And it was eight years ago, and he was taken away from me early. So what I had feared had come to pass. So you think, well, what good is that except for the fact that had I lived in that fear in that time, I would not have had a sweet and pure and wonderful relationship with my family, with my God, with my husband if I hadn't laid it down. And so that was another gift found um, in God's goodness to me. So this is a plug for retreats, (laughs) journaling, memory stones, but mostly it's a testimony of laying down your fear because God's going to be with you and he's got you. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Under his wings, you will find refuge. Thank you. Amen. It's good stuff. Um, This morning, we want to take the opportunity to pray. We've been asking the Lord for what he wants to do in our youth and in the leadership. And so I'm pleased to announce this morning that... um, we have extended, and he's felt called, the session has felt called to call William uh, Newton as our youth pastor. Yeah. So we're going to bring uh, William and Tabitha. They've been recently married. Uh, there'll be more information coming out. They will not be starting immediately. We're going to give them some time to be married. They've been married just a few months. And um, so it'll be a little later on uh, this spring before they actually begin, and they'll be slowly ramping up, and we're going to try to guard and mentor their marriage as they begin ministry to, with us. But they have felt very called to this ministry, and so we've been in long discussion about this, but we 
we feel like this is who God has set in our midst to begin to uh, to do work with our 6th through 12th grade and, and to build a ministry here. So right now, we just want to anoint them. I think of David when you know he was anointed before he became king. Not that William's going to become king. But we're going to lay hands and anoint uh, them for the purpose that will actually take place in a few months. And we'll, we'll, we'll let you know when the specifics of the starting happen and all that. But if I can ask William and Tabitha to come forward, kind of the elders come up, some of the youth leadership come forward. Christine, feel free to come up as well. And Nancy and, and, uh, if Brian, if you're in the room or, uh, Becky, maybe on his, Becky in his stead, you can come up and let's, um, let's just lay hands on William and, uh, if y'all want to just, if you feel freedom to reach out a hand if, or, or not and just pray with us as we, uh, lay hands on and pray for them. Scott, would you nice and loudly just begin to pray for them? As such, you have so many young believers here in this church that you want to meet exactly where they are at right now. And I thank you that personally you were brought here, the people you were brought here to do that, William and Tabitha. And thank you for the calling that you put on their hearts for our kids, uh, for future generations, uh, just putting them in a place where they can do this, do this now. Thank you so much just for answering so many prayers. Uh, parents, and kids, and friends, and family. That we would be able to see your work in our youth through um, this amazing family. We pray for them, we pray for that, but we pray for their relationship, pray that you would guard it, pray that you would inject just so much grace. Between them, and that out of the, that flow of love for each other, their love would just overflow to the students, over this church, and to students that are in this area who don't go to this church, that will be impacted by that and by your love. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for your faithfulness. It's in your son, Jesus, that we pray these things. Amen. Amen. William and Tabitha will be joining us on the retreat, so another good way to, to they'll be coming as volunteers, um, youth volunteers, and then later on this spring, they'll be getting their ministry. Before we close, I wanted to just take one minute to share some of you all. Thank you for those of you who came yesterday. I... Um, I officiate, at my dad's request, I officiated his funeral service yesterday, and it was a wonderful celebration of a godly man at almost 95. And I, um, I told you a couple, was it just last week? I told you about his daily, you know, days when he said his, he got a piece of paper and just opened up and said, Lord, speak to me. And this was, I, I chose as a legacy of the random 1999. I guess I wanted to see how he handled Y2K fears <laughs> 20 years ago. Seems like a long time, but, um, Anyway, so I just kept this. I, I, I'm not necessarily going to, I'm not going through to snoop about his private. It's, it's on my, going to be on my shelf as a way to remind me of the legacy of hearing God's voice and of the dis- daily discipline. Um, so, but I snooped a little bit and, um, cause that's just the way it is. Yeah. And, um, so, uh, as, as I was, um, 
thinking and preparing for yesterday, um, I just sort of was, you know, just flipped open to just say, Lord, what were you speaking to dad 20 years ago? And uh, I opened up to um, June 28th of 1999, about halfway through his year. And here's what he wrote. Um, there is no point in trying to hide from death. This is 20 years ago. So my dad was 74 and still skiing. And, you know, literally he was just in fantastic health. But here's what he wrote. There's no point in ever trying to hide from death. Do not go into denial. When you face the inevitability, you concentrate on the eternal life with Jesus promised. Let decay have your mortal body, Ken, even as you yearn for heaven. For in my father's house are many mansions. If it weren't so, wouldn't I have told you? And yesterday when my daughter read that scripture from John 14, 1 through 6, you know, you believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. Christine was saying, you know, 20 years earlier journaling because, guys, there's going to be a time none of us, I don't think any of us are immortal. You'll beat the odds if you are. Your mortal body's like mine, Right. And and so when we face with God every trial, whether it's that final journey or whether it's whatever you're going through, the struggles you're having with your family members, with your faith, with just believing whether there is a God, take God with you on the journey. If it's doubt or if it's fear or anxiety, Daniel spoke of, Jesus wants to speak into every fear, into every difficulty, into every situation. The presence of the Holy Spirit wants to make a difference. And I think about my dad writing this at a time when he was perfectly healthy and loving life, and the Lord whispers a word of, I got you in this. And then 20 years later, when he falls and he's, you know, I know, I just have to wonder, we whispering back to him, remember, I've got you in this. So let me just speak as we close. The Lord's got you, okay? Put yourself in his care. You may not know he's there. You may not know that, but he has you. He's never, ever forsaken you. Fear not, little flock. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. But you got to be one of his sheep. You've got to be one of his flock. It's not, it's not universalism. It's not for every man. It's for those who've received the adoption papers by repentance and faith believed. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you very much, and we, we want to receive these testimonies of what you've done. Lord, you work in our hearts in so many different ways. Lord, of the, of the reality of your Holy Spirit's presence with Lisa in China and the faithfulness of watching the branches of Fred and Connie's life spreading out to just so many children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and beyond. Lord, we think of those, of those gifts. We think of how you've changed Daniel's life. We see the mentoring happening now as he's maturing in faith, as that young plant beginning to grow. Lord, and we thank you for your faithfulness to Christine and to my dad to speak to them years ahead of the trials, that you're the God who knows us at the point of our need, and you want to be the God who's active. Lord, this isn't a show we put on. This is a life we live. So, Lord, we invite you right now by your Spirit to live in us. That, Lord, if we, if we don't believe, Lord, we want to believe, Father. For those of us who do believe, would you strengthen our faith where our unbelief stays? Would you speak and let it be dispersed? Lord, we give you ourselves. We give you this church. It's, it's yours. We are just a small representation of your body, of who you are on the earth. So make us a church pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, we pray.
We're going to close this morning with kind of a modern hymn called He Will Hold Me Fast. Talks about the fact that when you don't think your grip's strong enough, he's got you. So could you stand with me, please, as we finish?